So far this spring, who's winning the tug of war in the battle of the trenches? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Look, whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support. And if you want to become a free subscriber, it's really super easy. Just click that subscribe button. Don't forget to hit that notification bell. That way you won't miss any one of our five episodes that comes at you five times a week. And if you like it, hit that thumbs up. And I always like to start off the show by saying thank you so very, very, very much to everybody who has uh, become a subscriber already. Now, I'm not sure how many of you uh, are old enough or or remember the TV show Battle of the Network Stars. It was a, uh, you can look it up on YouTube. It was a pure cheesy TV, made for TV event uh, that had, you know, the, the, the celebrities, the women celebrities, uh, they were wearing one-piece bathing suits. You had guys who shouldn't be wearing Speedos, wearing Speedos. And it, like I said, it was a made-for-TV event um, where the unathletic were taking, you know, partaking in in, uh, in Olympic type of events made for the unathletic. <clears throat> and one of them was a tug-of-war. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Do you uh, do you want when you hear about um, spring camp and the 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 battles that are going on between the offensive line and the defensive line? Who do you want to hear is winning? You know, do you prefer the offensive line, the defensive line? Obviously, the right answer is 50-50. You win when I win one, right? Well, here's the thing: the offensive line, as of today. Um, End of March, going into spring practice number seven, I believe, will be on Tuesday. The offensive line isn't whole yet. You know, Cortland Ford has been out. He had a procedure uh, that Lincoln Riley made everyone publicly aware of. Uh, He had a procedure back in February on his hand. You still have the uh, some of the new guys who have shown up. They're learning the system. And there's uh, still others who... uh, are going to be anticipated or expected to contribute who aren't even practicing with the team yet. And I'm referring to one specifically, uh, the SEC guard, Ethan White from Florida, uh, who will be joining the team soon. Still not quite clear why he wasn't able to join them um, this spring, knowing that there's a couple of open scholarships. Anyways, um, earlier... Before I started uh, recording the show, Lincoln Riley was on the uh, Trojans Live radio show, and he tried to describe the. Uh, I guess there was a they had their first chance to go full tackle to the ground live situations this past Saturday, and they were able to use the the goal line short yarded situations to their advantage. And uh, like I said, it was the first time the team used it this spring. Uh, 
and and he said Lincoln said you could really feel the difference, and you could sense that the, there was a fight that was going on between the between the two groups, offensive line, defensive line, and that's what I'm talking about the tug of war. Um, and if you go back and you listen or watch yesterday's Locked On USC episode, remember you heard it here first. Lincoln Riley is essentially describing or talking about that battle that I was referring to, that edge, uh, the, the players on both sides of the ball, but you know, the defensive line, um, understanding the moment uh, of winning and, and, and playing with that right mentality. So um, if Corey Foreman and, and Solo, Solomon Tuliapupu, if those guys are standing out, uh, as I talked about on uh, yesterday's episode, is that because, you know, the level of competition they're going up against? Uh, or are they, you know, have they stepped up? Are they that much better? And when I say the level of competition, I'm referring to not having everybody available in the offensive line room that can participate in uh, full contact. Now, uh, so... And that's not, I'm not trying to slight those two guys because we want both of them, uh, Solo and Corey, to, to take that next step in, de- in, in their development. But, you know, are we talking about six in one hand and half a dozen in the other as far as there's really no difference? I don't know. I don't get to see it. Um, nobody in the media gets to see it. Now, uh, earlier in the day, I uh, today... I recorded the Inside the Trojan Huddle uh, show that I do weekly over there on WeRSC.com. And the moderator, their host, Greg Katz, asked us um, if Lincoln Riley said, and I'm just inserting my name, Mark, you get to go pick one group on offense that you want to watch the entire practice. I'm not kicking you out. You get to stay the whole time. Uh, which would it be? Well, for me, the answer was easy. I mean, um, it's the, it's the offensive line. You know, I'm hearing early on that the guys that transferred in are, they're getting better. Uh, but again, going back to that whole tug of war, um, things need to be settled there eventually. And again, this is why uh, Caleb Williams needs Justin Dietrich uh, on the field and not just Justin, but Jonah Monheim as well. Um, with the, there's a lot of guards. There's a lot of tackles. There's one Justin Dietrich at center. And I, until we know who is going to be his backup, whether that's going to be Andrew Malek, Jonah Monheim, um, we need to get the offensive line settled. A lot of talent there. I'm not overly concerned, but eventually you need five guys. And then you need to figure out the three or four that are going to be rotating in behind them. Um and the other reason why I want to watch the offensive line group in its entirety is because that group has always been the group of mystery. Um, even when the uh, the media was allowed to watch practice um, a couple of years ago, you know, when we were, we were inside Howard Jones and they would take us upstairs above the, uh, above the pool so we could look down, um, you could see the offensive line, but you couldn't hear it. Well, I love watching technique being taught. And, you know, 
Coach Henson is supposed to be a really good teacher. So I want to see it with my own eyes. Who's winning those one-on-one battles? Who's getting physical? And I, I want to be able to, to watch Henson teach the technique. I want to see how much time uh, Elijah Page, the freshman, is. how much time is he going to actually need? Because he looks the part. You know, he's a he's a legitimate six foot seven, <laughs> three hundred. There's there's no fudging the numbers there. Uh, and again, he looks the part, much like Mason Murphy. He's he's what you want USC offensive tackles to look like. And if I get to watch one defensive group, um, I'll tell you about that group in our next segment. First, though, uh, I want to have you head on over to Fanduel. Because the tournament, it's more than heated up. We are in the final four next weekend. Next, yeah, next weekend coming up. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic. Really? Amazing. But there you go. UConn is back. Anyways, um, one of these days, USC will be back in the final four. It's been 1954. But, again, tournament is heating up. Now is the perfect time for you to download America's number one sports book because new customers, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So, seriously, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's super easy. It's secure. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores. Who's making the most three-pointers? And also, another thing you can do at FanDuel, they even allow you to combine your bets. And that gives you a chance for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bet back when you go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so Lincoln Riley has, you know, he's been really, I'll use the word, he's gushed about the secondary and the defensive line so far in the times he's spoken with the media. Uh, Specifically, you know, specifically how they look, Uh, you know, how much bigger they've gotten, how much better the, the roster is with the personnel they've brought in. <clears throat> Excuse me. But one group, and I'm sure he's mentioned them, but not nearly as often as the secondary and the defensive line. And obviously I'm speaking about the defense. Uh, the linebackers. Uh, Mason Cobb was on Trojans Live as well on Monday. And he was asked, you know, it well, in his opinion, He said that the toughest position to play on defense isn't DB or defensive line. It's it's linebacker, in his opinion. So, um, and that's the group I want to focus on if I get to watch one group. uh, Because Lincoln said, hey, Mark, you know what? I picked you. You're going to stick around. You get to watch practice. Leave your phone at the door. Don't record anything. Don't take any notes. Just memorize what you see. I'll make that happen. I promise. Let me have, give me the opportunity, Lincoln. I know you're watching. Um, I won't let you down. Anyways, 
Um, Riley and his staff so far in their less than two years, uh, they've brought in, let's see, at the linebacker position alone, through the transfer portal, Eric Gentry, Shane Lee, Mason Cobb, Jamil Muhammad, and then they recruited uh, last year, Garrison Madden was the high school linebacker recruit. This year, Taka Curtis. So what is that? Six guys in less than two years. And we know the transfer portal is going to be open again in May. You still have a few guys returning who have been on the roster. Um, is that going to be able to get the job done? Are those guys going to be able to uh, to to be the conduit between the defensive line and the secondary to make the defense whole? Look, I, I saw, maybe you did too, uh, USC, athletic, USC football. They love hyping and, and throwing out little mini videos from, uh, from action that's taking place at spring camp. Shane Lee was in the open field and... Freshman running back, Quentin Joyner, put the juke on him. And it looks like uh, kind of juked Shane out of his shoe, so to speak. Well, now, let's, uh, put, let's put that entire picture into context. The day that was filmed, the field was saturated. Not a big excuse, but you need to... You need to understand it. If it's raining, offensive player has the advantage over the defensive player when he decides to cut back. And if you cut back and you're off, and the defensive player, if you're off balance and the field is wet, probably going to slip. You're going to lose your balance. Anyways. But like you, um, I also saw that happen a lot last year. And I'm not just talking about Shane. Uh, specifically missing open field tackles. So this is why, again, despite the D-line, then the rush ends, uh, which is another area that I, I, I guess I would want to focus on if I got the chance, uh, I need to see the linebackers. Again, they are the conduit. I, if Lincoln Riley is going to keep us updated and talk about how great the defensive line has looked and the rush ends, um, as well as glorify his the secondary, then let me look at the linebackers. Uh, look, next man up this year, apparently, as far as have taken over that leadership role, being the guy, sounds like it's going to be Mason Cobb. Um, I, I like the way he sounded when he spoke with the media last week, as well as when he was on the Trojan Live show. Uh, last season, it was, you know, it was obviously Shane Lee and Eric Gentry. When they came to USC, those guys were, you know, they, they got things started. Now, Mason Cobb, you know, he's that second wave. They, he got a chance to kind of see what Shane Lee and Eric Gentry and the guys on offense and other guys on defense who came over last year, what they got started. Well, that message, that picture resonated across the country. Um, and that's one of the things that attracted Mason Cobb to USC. Oh, and by the way, uh, Shane Lee was his host when Mason came to visit. And when Shane Lee wasn't hosting him, 
Eric Gentry was sitting down in the film room with Mason going over, this is what we're all about. This is the defense we're going to play, be playing. So that's his competition, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, this is what it came down to. I guess it was down between USC and Texas A&M. And Mason said that USC wasn't flashy. A&M was his other choice. But again, put those two comments together. USC wasn't flashy. USC is USC. This is his next, and he's, I'm quoting, they want it all. And that's me. I want it all. He was he was talking about how at, at some places just winning a certain amount of games or winning certain games means everything. I'm not saying that's the that's the you know that those are the the goals on the wall at Texas A&M, but at USC, you know, winning championships is everything, and that's what Mason was trying. You know, that was the message uh, he conveyed, and at least that's the message I received when he was speaking. That's a great message. Uh, he was also he also uh, talked about uh, one of the guys in the same room, uh, the freshman Tackett Curtis, and he said, "Man, Tackett's one explosive guy." Um, and I'm going to paraphrase, but he, he's something different. Um, he, he basically was saying he's doing things, and I'm seeing he's showing me things that guys his age shouldn't be doing already. In other words, uh, Tackett Curtis has impressed Mr. Mason Cobb. It's probably a good thing, right? Uh, hopefully, that's uh, that. Those are encouraging words. There's no negative there. <laughs> don't try and spin it. Anybody out there, don't try and spin it as a negative. Uh, and the last thing, you know, one of the other things that Mason talked about, he said, what he knows was the guys in the room. They want to be great. Um, and there's a lot of trust. So even though there's a lot of competition, all that gets set aside because number the number one goal is everybody wants to be great. They trust each other and they want to win. So uh, again, when I'm watching the linebackers, now that I've heard that, I want to see that. I want to go watch. I want to feel that. Uh, by being up close and watching them again, uh, I've seen some of the some of their uh, position group drills. Well, now I want to see what goes on behind closed doors. I want to see how the coaches motivate. I want to see how Coach Odom is coaching those guys up uh, in game situations. I want to hear it. Uh, I want to be able to you know see how much Rajon Davis and Curtis are actually playing, um, and at what level in game-like situations that Riley was describing that I was talking about in the previous segment. Overall, bottom line, Mason Cobb, Mason Cobb loves football. Um, and he, he said, it, it's the camaraderie of everything. Uh, that was the general tone and the tenor to most of, to pretty much all of his answers. He just loves being around, uh, football and and the guys he's with now not that he didn't like it at oklahoma but this is a new experience when he went from provo utah to stillwater you know provo was actually considered a big town 
big city compared to Stillwater. Um, and, and so this is, LA is very different than both of those places, but uh, Mason said he's loving LA. You know, he, he was ready for a change. But he's also, uh, I guess, you know, I'm going to, we'll call him a tough guy. Um, polar bear type of tough guy. He's uh, He likes to wear flip-flops. He doesn't mind the uh, the weather that USC has been, well, that Los Angeles has been experiencing. A lot of the rain, cold, like I said. He went to the beach the other day. It was 65 degrees, and he had no problem going in the water. So if it's 65 degrees outside, the water is probably much colder. But again, he's a polar bear. <laughs> he has no problem hitting the beach when it's 65 degrees outside. All right, I'm going to have more from Lincoln Riley and uh, what he broke down on the Trojan Live show. That's going to come up next in our next segment. So stay tuned. This might be one of the greatest, well, this quote really endeared me to Lincoln Riley. I mean, I was already on board, but this one, um, yeah, he has a way with it. He has a way with words. He said, it's home now, both professionally and personally. It was that, it was that last word that really caught my attention. You know, he, he said something about being, uh, about being mad about some of the stuff that took place before he officially took over the program. And I'm not sure exactly what he meant by that, but uh, my, my TMZ radar went out, took over at that point. <laughs> it went, it, it was like going bonkers. I was like, all right, well, what was he talking about? Looking around. Well, my brain was like, what was he talking about? And it eventually came to me, I think. I've mentioned a couple of times uh, on Locked on USC uh, some incidents during the uh, post-Helton era. Well, once he was relieved of his duties. And then before Riley was actually introduced as USC's head coach. Specifically, I mentioned USC's final game of that 2021 season against Cal up in Berkeley. How there were certain players who did not want to play. Um, and were literally trying to convince other players on the team not to want to play so they didn't have enough to travel and make the game. I have a feeling Riley was referring to that. Uh, because I know that made me mad and pissed me off. And, uh, yeah. I never want to be a part of a locker room that have players that are doing that. You cannot have that. Uh, I think um, there was another, well, I think another was, and again, I'm just assuming on this one, it probably had to do with practice access. And I'm not necessarily talking about the media having access. Although I know Riley probably had to be uh, dragged, kicking and screaming to allow us as much access as we have. But he's warming up to us, right? Um, so he was asked, uh, again, I'm not going to say what exactly he was referring to. I have an idea. But again, Riley likes practice closed you guys can read between the lines figure it out 
Um, he was he was asked on on the Trojan live show um, whether you know he talks about the, uh, with the team this year so far this spring uh, how the season ended last year or um, does he just want to have kind of a fresh start because you know there's a lot of guys who are returning from last year's team that uh, the season didn't end the way we wanted you know conference championship game they ended with back to back losses. When you include the uh, the Cotton Bowl loss to Tulane, and Lincoln's like, I hope they remember. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was like, yeah, you know, keep that pain fresh. Remember what happened last year. Um, I agree. I use that pain is a great motivator. Uh, when I was coaching high school basketball, we only lost a couple of times, but. When we lost, I felt it. I made sure the team felt it. I wasn't sadistic, but, you know, whatever challenged us in the game to cause us to lose, uh, we emphasized that at practice the next day. Usually effort. And, uh, like I said, when I was coaching high school basketball, ball didn't come out on the basketball court for a good 30 to 45 minutes. It was just defensive skill drills, shuffling your feet moving, running, they were in shape. Anyways, I digress. So as I said, I agree. Pain is a great motivator. Um, I mean, how many times are you going, here's a perfect analogy that, that I, I think people should use in life. If you have you ever watched the movie, Christ, a Christmas story, it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, how many times are you going to let the bully push you around? When before you let your before you let your inner Ralphie loose, unleash that fury, and just you know, just kind of say enough of this pain. I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to fight back, and I'm going to I'm going to beat my fear. I'm going to get over the hump. I'm going to win. I'm going to be the champion. So, yeah, you know, eventually. You can only accept so much pain, and then you've got to you got to use it. You got to find a way to use that energy and, and let it out in a positive way. Um, look, USC fans, uh, Lincoln Riley reminded us about this again. But apparently, you guys are really lucky that the entire staff is uh, stuck around. They're coming back for another season um, because, again, Riley reminded everyone that, uh, quote, a lot of our guys on both sides of the ball had significant opportunities this off this offseason, end quote. And what Riley wanted to emphasize was that uh, the retention, you know, that speaks for itself, um, that his guys, his staff that he's picked, They're happy with, with where they're at. They want to be a part of winning USC's next championship. Um, but they also understand that you know they're 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 building what they're building something at USC, and you you don't want to leave before you feel like you've accomplished that goal. So I know there's a you might have sensed a little sarcasm there at the beginning, but um, don't. Like there's Lincoln Riley is doing, 
he's he's got a game plan, and I, I think he, everybody's going to be happy when everything's all said and done. And now that the you know he's at home, and uh, he's had a year you know to sort everything out and to uh, become a Trojan and take things personally, um, he's been able to uh, you know figure out his time management because you know and he he he, he talks about this. You know, head coaches, they get yanked in a thousand different directions, you know, between recruiting, boosters, the media, uh, players on the team who need his attention, staff, administration. Well, now that he's been here for a year, he, he he's been able to kind of figure things out, get his feet under him, understand what it takes to be the the head coach at USC. And he's done that in just over a year. But now, because he has all that going with, he's got all that going for him, you know, he can spend more time on the defense. And he can, that's going to get them, give him an opportunity to get to know their personalities better. Same with the special teams. And that's going to give, make sure that the defense specifically, um, has that same mentality, that same edge that he was able to spend more time with on the offense. Well, now he can spend a little bit more time with the defense, making sure they have that same that same edge, that same mentality. So, look, maybe it's the homer in me that's coming out, but there are times when Riley talks and he has me in all in, 100%. Again, that thing where he said it it's it's personal he, he that was just another notch on another percentage point that i bought in my 100 percent in no my 97.6 percent probably pretty close pretty close to that 100 <clears throat> so again if his presence this spring and you know through fall camp can have an impact uh, on the defense the same way we know it had an impact on the offense, then USC's going to the playoffs in 2023. I mean, think about how close they were last year. And it wasn't because the offense wasn't able to get the job done. That offense was good in 2022. They're going to be even better in 2023. So if the defense just improves, and again, despite the schedule grind at the end of the year, uh, this they're going to be better. The O-line needs to get figured out. So does the defense. Again, both of those things, that's easier said than done. But the message to, to Caleb and others who came to USC last year was, you know, again, let, let's get this thing started at USC. Let's go do something special. You know, it's USC. Let's go do that there. Well, now the message has shifted. It's, you know, let's, the players who are now showing up, the second wave that I talked about, um, these guys are the missing pieces and they want to go fill those holes and win it all. So far, like I said, it, it's hard to question Lincoln Riley, you know, his game plan and the way of the way, the way he's motivating uh, his team to prepare for battle, that tug of war. So um, there it is. Another episode locked on USC. I was just rambling and I looked up and time is we went over time. I'm sorry. I apologize for rambling, but man, a lot going on behind the scenes and 
when you hear these guys talk, the coaching staff, the players, uh, hopefully I'm able to break it down, give you a little bit of insight to uh, what they're saying. And hopefully um, I'll be able to see a little bit more because my wish will be granted. But then again, uh, this episode is over. So thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen today. Don't forget your second listen. Go check out our second, our other podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts, Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, they're going to bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you're going to get it from all the other experts, players, insiders. You can find it on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. So this episode's over until our next one, which comes at you five days a week. You know what to do.